Hey, this is Tim McGregor, and I'm the pastor of LOH Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. So we're going to talk about God's growth process. There is a combative, contentious spirit in our times. Um, From the time I've been born, there have been seasons like that, and I can recall them. I didn't feel them as as deeply and emotionally at at a different age of time for myself that I feel it now, but there is a combative and contentious spirit in our time, and it's globally, everywhere, uh, and it's, um, it's in the faith community as well uh, in some aspects, and the faith community has also been caught up in it at times as well. But the combative, contentious spirit of our time will not, will not, going at the needs that way will not bring the progress to people who need it most, families who are breaking down, families without parents, one or two, kids hurting, cities across the nation crumbling, and culture all over the place, new definitions spiraling seemingly out of control. There is a combative, competitive, contentious spirit in it all, and it's very easy to get caught up in it, and at times you just want to find a place to get away, but when I think about that, I'm reminded of the old 60s song by uh, Martha and the Vandellas, nowhere to run to, baby, nowhere to hide, And and that's really true. I understand that spirit, though, because the need is so great, the hurts are so real, and they're not shallow. The frustrations that are in the lives and hearts of people, and some of them come from uh, putting our hope in things, promises made, promises broken, the demagoguery, people spying out needs and promising this, if you'll vote for that, if you'll join this. I remember being in a uh, leadership group back uh, after I graduated from college and I was listening with a, a number of other uh, young guys in a, in a, a leadership uh, uh, circle and this doctor from a, 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 a university in Philadelphia was saying that the trends that are going to hit a, a Western civilization in the next 50 years, one of the, the, the root of a lot of it will be cynicism and battling the sarcastic, cynicistic spirit that will be rampant will be the greatest leadership challenge in the world. I believe that's true. And it makes you at times, if you don't know the big picture that our, our band sang about today, you can ask, is there a way? Is there a hope? Is there really a hope? As, as one of our former presidents uh, uh, challenged us, that, that, that your hope is real and it can be audaciously, uh, you can believe in it, that, that seems audacious. Is that true? Well, it depends on what you're hoping in and what you're hoping for. I believe, yes, there is hope. I heard someone speak the other day and he said, um, people are saying we are in a post-Christian era and he said I reject that and this was somebody from a from a, from um, uh, a millennial saying this I loved hearing that I reject that and he explained why and it's what I want to talk to you about today communities can be transformed by heaven's way of progress by heaven's way I want to talk about that Uh, This message is called God's growth process. God's growth process. When we think about growth a lot of times, if we're not careful with everything in our Christian faith, we can get so isolated and so individualized and even so cloistered in a community defining it as just us. 
And I'm not speaking about a just us because a just us is not getting it done. Justice in the world will not come from a just us mindset. We have to really watch out for that. I'm so concerned of, of, of a number of things in, in the modern church, regardless of the emphasis and, and definition of your belief of the Holy Spirit or whatever, that we can turn into all about me and all about my needs and we can craft everything to an individual part of the you, God blesses you, which he does, and not see the collective part and it can, without us realizing it, we can get caught up in the just us and that's not just. Jesus came to invite everybody into the kingdom of heaven on earth. Jesus came to invite everybody to get involved in his father's work on earth. He said the kingdom of God should be everyone's primary focus. What does that even mean? The first thing that we have record of Jesus saying in all four, well, in three of the four, in the synoptic gospels, he came on the scene and he said, change the way you think and act about God and what God's going to do and when he's going to do it. That's what he meant when he said repent. He didn't just mean run down to the altar and shake a preacher's hand, promise to do something, sign a card, and go sit in the church. Change the way you think about God. Change the way you act in that new thought. Because the kingdom of heaven is here. Yes. Change the way you think about the kingdom of heaven. Change the way you think about the God of the kingdom. He's here. The kingdom was anywhere Jesus was. And he preached a three and a half year sermon series with this title, The Kingdom of Heaven. Everything he preached was about that. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is about God's influence growing in the world. In the world. Right? Think of his parables. The kingdom of heaven is like seed planted in the earth. Smallest of every seed, but when it's planted and grows, it will become a tree, and then he says this, and it will become the largest of all trees, and all the birds of the air will come and build their home in it. See that imagery of small to expansion to the all? It's like the kingdom of heaven that you guys think about. It's like a woman down here taking leaven and working it through the whole batch of dough till the entire thing is leavened and it expands. So everything he did, everything he said, every miracle, every wonder was all to say, this is what God does. This is the way, this is how he writes it. This is what it was supposed to be. And this is what you need. This is what you all long for and have been trying to do. This is it. Wherever God's kingdom reigns, that's where his goodness is growing. If, there is the, if the goodness of God is growing in any circle or every fabric of society, there is the sign of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about liberating in a righteous way. A righteous way. Setting things free in a righteous way. Wherever you see people experiencing that, that's a sign that the kingdom of God of God is there. When, when God's love and God's peace, man, there is nothing like the peace of God. You know? You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't counterfeit the peace of God. And what every person in the world needs 
And if you've ever tasted it, there's nothing like it. And what every person needs more than anything else, because this is what can get you through everything else, the peace of God. When the peace of God is impacting a circle of influence or a community or a church, that's the sign that the kingdom of God is there. That's progress. That's true what we call growth. Jesus told us to pray, may your kingdom come. And he's not meaning someday come and straighten all this out and start it over again. Yeah, but that's not what he was saying. Because it was just starting. It wasn't finishing. Pray that your kingdom in heaven will be manifest here, that the way you will it will be willed here on earth. We also know that that kingdom, though, comes from within people who've had a changed heart, who actually have been born again, who've actually been born from above, because Jesus said, I'm the only one on the earth that can see this. For you to change your mind and heart for that, God will birth in you what's in me, and then you'll see the kingdom of heaven. Voila. You have to be born of the Spirit to see that. And when a person believes that, really believes that, Methodist, Baptist, Free will, post will, no will Baptist, independent, non independent, codependent Baptist, uh, <laughs> Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever, 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 Catholic, Steeler fan, whatever. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes in, his passion begins. And the passion of the Holy Spirit is that the nature of Jesus is maturing in the lives of those who know him and claim to know him and the community that claims to sadly hold him. Wherever God's kingdom reign is, there's goodness, his goodness growing. That's the kingdom, uh, somebody's kingdom. I think one, what was it, on a Wednesday night or one, the, the, we, we thought we heard them uh, playing uh, some disco song from the 70s. I forget what it was. <laughs> uh, but anyway, whatever, whatever gets the Holy Spirit moving. Um, <laughs> we can measure our growth. We can actually take a look real easily and see whether or not we are maturing as Christians based on the metaphors of Ephesians. The metaphor of being the body of Christ, being the, the family of God, being the flock of the shepherd, being the bride of Christ, and being the army of the Lord. We can take those metaphors and individually, the you individual, we can measure, we can really measure our, our maturity, whether we're really growing. For instance, if I'm walking in faith and love, and we, nobody wants to say, are you walking in faith? Absolutely not. I'm not walking in faith and love. I love Jesus, but I'm just not walking in faith. We don't say that. But if you really want to measure it and it's not conceptual, I feel love sometimes. For me. I walk by faith. I just, I sing faith songs and I sing, and I take a stand by faith. But here's the thing. If we're walking in faith as the body of Christ, then our body will be focused on those. If Jesus was here in his body, would be focused on like the lowly, the disenfranchised, the overlooked, those who've lost their way, and the poor, right? Isn't that what he did? When he was here in a body, isn't that where his head was looking? Isn't that where he walked? Isn't that where, when he said to the disciples, follow me, where did he go? Read the stories. He went to the up and outers too, down and but if we're maturing individually in our faith, then our faith steps will cross paths 
Because the Holy Spirit was leading Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit that moves on us on Sunday morning is really moving us on Thursday, we can measure our maturity by the body being focused where his body would be focused if he was here today. Is that true? That's true, isn't it? Same way with flock. Listening, I can, I can right now tell you whether or not I'm growing and maturing as in the flock by not only listening, but I'm obeying his voice. Plain and simple. My sheep hear my voice and they what? Follow me. That's yes, Lord. Uh, I can measure my maturity in the family of faith because my love for my brothers and sisters will be on words, be beyond words. It'll be tangible. It'll be communal. It will be concrete. If I am maturing as the bride, uh, I'm, my holiness is increasing and my devotion is developing and I'm single toward him, uh, my eyes are for him only, and I, I am, yes, I'm anticipating his coming, and I don't know when that will be. So what I'm going to be doing is not looking at the sky. I'm going to be looking at my mission, and I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I measure that up, and that'll show me where, if I'm maturing and really growing. Are you growing? Well, I, there's your measuring stick. One more. A prayerful, excuse me, prayerful, peaceful, prophetic confrontation with the dark, pushing all the chips across the table in the world, the prince of darkness, but not fighting the people that he's animating, but prayerfully, prophetically shining a light as I started this message, there is a way to influence that's different than what we see. Now, to Ephesians 4, we're gonna break this down. Therefore, I... The prisoner of the Lord. This is Paul who wrote this really from prison. I implore you, plural, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. How? The sandal sermon. From the lowly up. From the floor, we go to people in humility uh, with a gentle touch. Right? We've looked at that. Today, we're going to look at the rest. With patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And then I pulled the seventh verse to hook this together and tell that gives us how we do this, each of us, the way we influence culture, community our community, communities, the circles that need it, is through this giftedness, this gift released from every person in Christ. But the way we release the gift is through this that we see here, and that's where we're going to look. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Here's point number one. All that you think about in the world and things that are just, who can come on the scene? Who can tackle these problems? Who can straighten things out? Things that have been embedded in combat of spirits for a thousand years in some cases. Grace received and given is the growth process of heaven. Grace received and given is the growth process of heaven. He says, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. This, here, this is the zeal of God. This is the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit. It's this. Grace to you. That's Ephesians' first words. Paul's walking close to God. He says, I don't tell you what God thinks. Grace to you and peace to you from God. Same thing the angels said to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and grace, goodwill toward people. That's the zeal of heaven. When he looks at all of the stuff, all of the brokenness, all the broken people, women weeping in the night over their kids, 
father's driving the work. What do I do? Heaven's zeal is grace to that man, grace to that person, grace to that family, grace to that neighborhood. Because grace is the empowering of a soul. Where that soul, some little boy in Harlem, some little kid down here in the village, that's riding his bike up the street, hasn't seen his father in years, Heaven's passion is, I want that kid in his mind, in his will, in his emotions to feel an empowerment from heaven in a way that he knows he's loved, he knows he's lifted, and he knows he's gifted. Knows it. Because when you know it, you grow in it. And when you doubt it, you're paralyzed, right? Grace received and believed, that's first. If grace is toward us in Christ, it has to be received. It has to be believed. And when you actually believe in the grace toward you, you will be challenged by those who haven't received grace to them, even if they claim to walk with Jesus and know Jesus. The first happy day in their life will be the day they die. Because they'll get to heaven and God will say, you could have celebrated for a long time, but you never could receive my grace. Grace believed and received is where healing starts in community. It's where healing starts, but then also, not just grace received, grace given. That's, that's the passion of heaven. This was Paul's passion. If you read anything Paul writes, he's all about, I need to get with you because I want to impart something to you. I need to get with you because I need what you impart to me. I want to get there. I've been praying about coming there. When I promised you I'd get there and I haven't been there yet, I'm sorry, but it wasn't my fault. I got hindered. Satan hindered me for a while. And, but I can't wait to get to you because that way we can get together and grace received and grace given and we're going to experience heaven. Look what he says here in, in, the, in chapter 3. Surely you've heard about, surely you've heard about me, in other words. Surely you've heard the story of Paul. Surely you've heard about, and he, I love how he says it, the administration of God's grace. The word administration means to steer something in a, in a willed direction. When you think about administration, you don't necessarily think of Holy Spirit goosebumps and Holy Spirit powerful move. But administration is, is God steering stuff where he wants it to go. Surely you've heard how I was on my way to Damascus with hate in my heart toward Jesus, thinking I was serving God with authority to arrest, put in jail, and even take the life of those who claim to follow this way. And at noonday, here's how he describes it. He is that kind of guy, and he says at noonday, God steered grace to me. Surely you've heard about it. The grace that was given to me, now look, for you. Grace received, grace given. That's the growth process of heaven. When you get it, and he wants you to get it all, because listen, you get it all, and, you, and, and, and how you know that the love of God is really working in somebody? All, they, can't, they can't stop loving people. They can't stop giving to people. So when you stop giving, you stop living. True. I became a servant. Why did he become, he did, did he serve to earn grace? No, grace created. I want to serve people. I don't have to serve people. I want to serve people. I, you know, and it's, it's like, it's the Chick-fil-A thing. I really believe those people when they say my pleasure. I do you believe, I believe most of them. I mean, I've hardly ever met one of them where I thought, I don't believe you. <laughs> My pleasure. 
I've even gone through there where I ordered my thing and they said, hey, today's the extra free cookie day. And it's always on the day that I've made a vow that I'm going to quit doing it. And that's the day. And I say, hey, I cannot push grace away. I can't. I can't push grace away. I became a servant of this good news. How did I become a servant? I became a servant by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. When you think of power and God, do you get afraid? When you think of power and God, do you think of him frizzling people and turning them into French fries? Or do you think of power that lifts a person up, that loves a person in, that empowers somebody to go get it, go believe it, turn into a Joseph, run after Goliath? The power of God is an empowering power. Did Jesus not do that? Right? Did Jesus not do that? Although I'm the less, I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. Paul is so humble in a real honest way. But you know what I would say to Paul? That's, that's inspiring. But Paul, I've read your stuff and I've read Demosthenes, the greatest argumentative philosopher in, in Greek history. And he can't hold a candle to you. He can't hold a candle to the book of Romans. He can't hold a candle to what you said on Mars Hill. Not at all. And he saw himself as the less than the least of all God's people. But because of that, this is the reason. This grace was given to me. So Paul's saying, if he did it for me, he'll do it for all of you. Or in the South, all y'all. He'll do it for every... Grace to you. He wants the church to have the same passion that the Holy Spirit has. Yes, for God to visit us every Sunday right here for the hour or so in the, in the segment of time. Absolutely. But what he really wants is grace received and grace given. Grace given. It is not just about me going up to another level like they do in the Tibetan hills. No, it's, it's to go. Not up there more, out there more. The kingdom of God is to take that whatever is happening and knead it into what the world and the kids and the culture and the schools and the entertainment world and the political world and the zoo of that. Oh, you've heard about the story, how he did that, so that I could preach to you the unsearchable, endless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of the mystery. In other words, here's what I want to make plain to you, that God who steered that grace to me wants to use your body so he can steer that grace to people who don't know what you know who don't know the peace, who don't know how you can worship, who don't know that you can come into a place in your life regardless of what's happening. And when the mountain doesn't move, you're not moved because the mountain isn't moved. You are still pushing the chip saying, I will raise a hallelujah anyway. Yeah. Our gifts have been given and each one of them are different but they all have the same purpose. To steer God's goodness, to steer his empowering favor so that people get intercepted where they weren't even looking and they are lifted into an understanding that God wants to steer that to them. Making it known. Grace received and given is the growth process of heaven. Paul in the Romans letter describes that even further. I want to show you this. In Romans 12, he says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. We have different gifts and they're according to the grace given to each of us. So the soberness of that is, I didn't earn this. I can't market this just for me. 
I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But I'm also not going to back away from it. If God makes you a giant killer, we need you to kill the giant. We don't need you to go, oh, I'll just, I just want to give God the glory, so I'm just going to stand here like a numbskull and not do anything. No, that's, oh, I'll just, I, don't want to, I don't want any light. I don't want any light. Go kill the giant because everybody else is hiding behind the rock. You're the one that can do it. Go kill the giant. That's grace. Spiritual gifts, Sam Storms says, spiritual gifts are God present in, with, and through human thoughts, human deeds, human words, and human love. And then he adds this at the end, and I left it blank. In, in the text it says prophesying, but I don't want to just draw a circle around preconceived thoughts of the, who the gifted are and what the gifted do. I want you to think, I th if, 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 we're in, if, we're on, if, if we're here in, in, in the mid-Atlantic, I want you to think this thing goes all the way to California. It goes across the Pacific. It goes into Russia, China. I mean, I want you to think vast expansion and the ideas of what giftedness is. If your gift is whatever it is, if your gift is, and most of us are a mixture of different gifts, if your gift is a mixture of this or that, then this or that. If your gift is this, then, 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 then gift it. in accordance with your faith. If you say, if you have faith, faith your gift. Faith it. Faith it. And the only way to get it to grow is to, is to go with it. Go with it. Jack Hayford, my favorite pastor who just passed away a week ago, I was quoting him last Sunday morning as I'm gonna do today as well, and then I went home and saw that he had, had felt he had passed away in his sleep. Boy, if that's not the way to go, huh? Good night, all. Hello, Lord. I mean, that's, that's the way to, that's the way, that would work, wouldn't it work? Putting in an order, putting in an order. Uh, not tomorrow, but I mean, putting in an order. I was reading Genesis where this guy lived 900 and whatever years. I'm like, if I'm healthy, yeah, if not, mm. Here's what Hayford says, Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, yet when the Holy Spirit comes, he's loaded with packages. He's loaded with packages. You're loaded. We're loaded. He desires to release much more in us and through us than we could ever imagine. These gifts are given for, I love this, these gifts are given for delivery, not accumulation. We receive them to pass them on to others. Once the Holy Spirit finds, I love this, this is so good. Once the Holy Spirit finds a person through whom he can distribute a gift, listen to this, guys. Listen to this. You want something to do? life feels boring you want something to do once the Holy Spirit finds a person through whom he can distribute a gift that gift is given it was not destined for possession it was destined for delivery and here's what the gifts are to do through us the will of the Spirit next point the will of the Spirit is that we grow this way together so two things we all know the riches of God's kindness toward us. Some of the ways that I have come to know the riches of God's kindness toward me was not from me intercepting that feeling or whatever in a praise gathering or a prayer time or alone with the Lord, but it was through experiencing the expression of someone else's talent, someone else's gift in a manner that, that God used to make me know once again that he is, he's wanting to show his kindness to me. It didn't come through me going up to a mountain, getting in a, a lone prayer retreat, which I've done stuff like that, and I will do it, and I encourage you to do it. But I also want you to not get discouraged if God didn't meet you there in the way you thought he would when he wanted to m meet you in a way that you weren't thinking in community connection with people who are expressing their gift. And I don't mean a service where we're all sitting around and four or five people sing us a song. I mean in a vast, more, way more imaginative environment than such a thing. And I'm not putting down or putting in a place uh, 
uh, discredit what we do. What we do, I appreciate, we need to do this. Crank it up every week, every week, every week, every week. I'm so thankful for that. But the point is, this is not the end. This is a function toward a goal. This is a function toward a goal of community scattered out, seeds in the soil of the kingdom of heaven on earth. And everyone's included in that. Because the second point is we all know the riches of his kindness uh, so that we all purpose to share his passion. For people, but most, for those who, who don't, The best way to share his power that we, that we long for, we pray for, that we believe for, the best way to share his message, the gifts he's given, the best way to share, the best way to, to be planted in a community, a combative, contentious world, cynical, sarcastic, vivid, vibrant, Filled with that everywhere. The best way is the next, is what I'm going to say. Through revealing his heart as we express our grace and our gifts. Watch. The will of the Spirit is that we share the nature of his heart with one another. The nature of his heart. Here it is. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Watch this. Look at these action words. Being, bearing, making, keeping. Action with a certain kind of attitude. Action with, a, let's break these down. Here's the first one. In your, in your, in your stepping into the culture, stepping into community, in the faith community, beyond the faith community, reveal his patience. Oh, oh man, right? Reveal his patience. He uses this word, macrothumia. Macrothumia comes from two words, macro, and it, it's not M-A-C-R-O like you think, you know, wide, big. It's not. It's, it's macro with a K. Macro, it means long-lasting. I think of the Energizer Bunny, right? Long-lasting. And then the word thumos is, there are two words for wrath, in the Bible, orge and thumos. Thumos, orge is like, mm, bam. Thumos is slow moving. When the Lord revealed his glory to Moses, he said, the Lord, slow to be angry. Slow. So when we say, God, shake him up. God, break him down. God says, no, because I'm slow. I'll tell you what, one more of that and God's going to shake this country. Gus says, no, I'm going to outlive you, that president, the next president, the next one. I'm going to find a community that's going to get a hold of this and they're going to plant their seeds in the earth. They're not going to be up on Mount Zion waiting for the coming of the Lord. They're going to be living a life, planning it in, showing a community, and the Lord's gonna come in his time. But in the meantime, why don't we change? Because the kingdom of heaven on earth brings change and creates a tree that's so big that all the birds wanna nest in it. Jesus said that. So reveal his patience. It means, it means if I'm living this right, Someone's going to come up to me and they're going to say, you take an extremely long time to boil over. Right? All right, we're all going to pray right now. Ready? Here's the next one. Release the hold up. We're talking about walking into the contention with this kind of heart and releasing our gifts and all that we're about that God's making us to release out to others that we've received from him. Release the holdup. It's, it's the words bearing with. It's, it's the word an echo. An echo. An echo. It means hold up, hold firm, stiffen up. When we think of stiffen up, we can think we get rigid, shut people down, 
put big space, ghost them, right? Unfollow them. We stiffen up that way. It doesn't mean that. It means when that's going on, the kind of stiffen up that we do is we stiffen up this way. We bear with people. It's the same word that Paul uses to compliment the Thessalonian Christians because they had a work of faith, but they had a labor of love. It's the imagery of a woman going through all of the hours of bearing a child. Mom, right, when you bore your child or children, it's not just the moment where there he is or there she is. The bearing with could have been 10 hours, 20 hours, ay 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 right? And it's the reason why if your husband claims that he bore with as well, you just want to say, uh, my slow boil with you, it's, it's, it's there, it's there. Make every effort, he says, for this next thing. Keeping his peace. Irene is the Greek word Grace to you, empowering favor in your soul that lifts you and loves you and releases you into the world to shine something. Peace to you. It's that word. It, it, it's a state, it's, a, it's a, real, a real state of tranquility. I always loved it when the first Apollo uh, astronauts landed on the moon. Do you know where they landed on the moon? Anybody know? In the, they landed in the sea of tranquility. Any, any, any NASA, NASA nerds here besides me? They landed in the sea of tranquility. I always thought that was the coolest thing, right? I don't know if that really was or not. When they landed, did they see, you know, like a, I don't know, moon monsters come out? And they found the sea of tranquility. It, it's, it's an actual feeling of stillness and harmony and peace. It's like up here on the stage, man. You know, and 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 and, you're, and, and everybody's to hit a, a is to hit a, a a B a B flat minor seventh, and somebody hits a B sharp or a B, you know, regular. It, it, it can stick out, and and if you you, you know what, you, there's like nowhere to hide. You, I didn't mean. I hope I'm not prophesying that something just happened. I see the I see the band looking at each other like, but uh, <laughs> but you know. What you're, what you're hoping is when you go home on the live stream, you're hoping it doesn't, it doesn't show, right? You know what I mean? Because you can't hide it. And you know that thing where there's peace and there's, there's chi, you know? It's, and then here comes the attitude dude. Or, and it's just like, it, it's, it's just. The opposite of that is walking into Congress. Or a DC march. Nothing wrong with the DC march. Nothing wrong with it. I think it's great, except what isn't great is have a Jesus sign on the thing. It means to what Jesus did. He walked into the mourning and weeping of a 12-year-old girl's death. Screaming. Wouldn't, you know what he says? He puts, he had to pull this off. Jesus could pull it off. He, he, put, he, he put them all out. He, he, he removed that atmosphere. He removed that atmosphere because I'll tell you something prophetically, and this is true. It's in the atmosphere of Irene and, and, and Keros. It's in the atmosphere of grace and peace that the miracles of God are released. I don't understand all that, but that's the truth. You can't whip that up. You, there's no song that makes that happen. It's not about a song. It's about an attitude that's working in people when they gather together. That's where the Jesus moves, and he wakes her up. He's called the prince of what? The prince of politics? Is that what he's called? The prince of the GOP? Does Jesus have a talk show? When he appears after the resurrection... Scares them all to death. You know what he says? Three words. Peace be, four words, with you. <laughs> you try it. 
I'm going to let my slow boil just continue on at, even after the laughter offended me. Four words. Peace be with you. What did he say when he stood up in the boat? Peace. Something, and then there was a great calm. The wisdom the wisdom and humility that walks into a combative situation. You can't all of a sudden flip on the switch when it's not been with you before you walk through the door. But people like that can shift, change. People that are enmity, that don't even see it, don't even believe it, don't even want it. All of a sudden they notice something that it's God. And you don't even have to say, this is God here. It just is what it is. Pharaoh says, is there anyone like this Joseph who has the spirit of the gods in him? Is there anyone like this guy? I want this guy in my cabinet because he's, he's a prophetic man who's not moved by the pressure. He's, I'm telling you that it's far bigger than putting all the chips, hoping that this is the week that we go over the top and we have this massive change the world meeting on a Sunday. This is a walk, a sowing of seeds, a long process home into the world of all of this stuff that's stifled and stiff and sarcastic and hurtful and hard, being deceived, demagogued, and we come from a community in another kingdom. The most mature people in the body of Christ are the most complete in those above characteristics. Let's close with this. The grace of God is the key ingredient in the bond of peace. Any circle that I walk into, any circle that I'm in, when something is needed, I'll tell you the most important thing that's always needed and where you never go wrong, God help us, is releasing more grace. The peace of God is present where I want, now listen, Notice how I wrote this. It's not where the Spirit of the Lord is. The peace of God is present where the Spirit is Lord. And we walk into, we walk into circles where nobody is wanting to bow the knee to the Lordship of Christ. But when we bring our grace, our gifts, the Lordship of the presence of God is then released into that situation. The greatest growth environments are the gracious ones. Think about it. And the greatest leaders are the gracious ones. This gracious doesn't mean you let anything go and let just sloppy agape. It, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you say you don't say no. It doesn't mean you just give the store away. No, it's an empowering somebody with a recognition of how they're made, who they are, pointing them to a path they're supposed to walk in instead of bouncing off the walls. These things that I'm talking about are impossible. Like last week when I talked about the sandal, anybody in a, in a foot warming service, foot washing service in a church, anybody during communion time can get sweet and Jesus-y. But long-term rides in connection with people over the long haul, over years, six months in, you sign on the membership thing, never heard a preacher like you, never had music like this, I'll tell you, I love this, I love Jesus. Hey, two years later, how you doing? It's a long road. These things are impossible long-term to have a slow boil. Long-term even in, in day. I need another dose of the ghost every few hours pretty much. At times, 
and then I'm too dumb at times to not stumble into the foolish, speculative, argumentative circles and situations that, that, that speak to that other part of me. Jerks, how can they? Screenshot that, show my friend. See what they did. Just imagine. It's not possible to birth or maintain such an environment anywhere or to counter the combative spirits in every marketplace of ideas, any circle of influence by human intellect and swagger alone. It's a passion of the Holy Spirit that God wants his church to capture, to experience in community, to receive a grace, to have gifts. Do you know there are unbelievers that are already gifted in some capacity by God because they have a, a nature of God and it blows my mind. It blows my mind at the expression of gifts of people that, 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 are, that, that, that are even humble and beautiful and, and even lift my spirit and then my heart thinks, man, it's not that it's not if you did this you'd be better at that but boy to have them to have the master of the universe who's put that brush in your hand or given you an eye to see what you see or to be able to express what you express but to have the spirit of god inside of you mapping out moments that you can walk in and save nations and touch pharaohs and touch some little kid on the you know in a, in a neighborhood that needs to have hope what God, when you, when you connect, you're not a Christian and, and you're a good person, but you're not a God person. And I hope you're listening to me. I hope you're listening to me. Listen, the one who gave you that, that you know, that you don't even take credit for it of yourself. You, there's somebody, I've heard people so, like you say, I don't know why I wrote that song. I don't know how I got to do that in five minutes and it just came like that. I don't know where that thing came from. It came from a wellspring of creativity. I'm not sure who. I know who that is. And he gave that to you as a window to say, come to me. You want to, you catch fish in Galilee? We'll go through the whole Roman Empire. Come on, let's go. Pray for people to be aware that the gift on their life is a calling from something above their life. Pray for gifts to be embraced. I was thinking of this this week. One cannot always express in words the glory that can be revealed in the sharing of your own gifts. Your own gifts. We don't need people to, more people to do. This is not the end. This is a function of a goal. Your gifts, your gifts. Step up into them. Step forward into them. Step into the light. I want you to stand. I want to pray this morning that the Holy Spirit will just... I want to pray this morning that the Holy Spirit... I want you to think of somebody in your circle that is a good person. I think these are those, if you're a Bible person in Acts, um, they're like the Cornelius people. Cornelius. Cornelius wasn't a Christian, excuse me, he wasn't a Christian, right? But he had a heart, a good heart, and he, and he gave to, to needs in the community, and he was searching. God knows those people, they don't know him. And that's not a slight on them. A lot of those people have never had a real God person in their life. And a lot of those people have been to church. And there are people like that that think the last place on earth that, they, that they're going to plug into is the church. That's why we can't make church the all in all save all. Oh, if we could only get them. Not every, God, isn't, God isn't doing that with everybody because God wants to send people like that administrate this thing that they can run into a guy named Simon the fisherman he wasn't in a church but boy did he know about the God who made the church I want you to pray right now that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind a Cornelius. Maybe it's a woman, a man, a kid, 
someone in your street. They are fine-tuned ready to accept what we're talking about today. Fine-tuned ready. And Lord, Lord, we pray today for all of those Corneliuses that when they receive the grace of God, their whole household, their whole family line will be changed forever. I pray that we would pray for each one of them. And now I pray, Lord, for those who are gifted that they would be encouraged and empowered that they would be lifted in the love of God and a fresh encouragement from the divine encourager would personally visit them this morning to a new ability to receive the empowering love, the lift and the gift to them. If you need that and you battle in a struggle, I do. I really do. Uh, not over this part. This is not the, this is not, this is not who I am. This is part of what I do. But this isn't who I am. In the other parts of me, there are other things that I, I have struggled with to, and I overthink to think, how do I plug this giftedness into life? And then other times I talk myself in and out and back and forth. If you're a person like that, like me, would you, would you lift your hands out to God and just say, that's me, Lord. That's me, but I want to make full proof of my life. Not just in part, but all the way. I want to make full proof of my life. I want, to, I want to stop talking myself out of things that kind and godly and empowering people are trying to talk me into. I want you, I want you to help me with that today. May the, would you raise your hand? That's you. I'm hoping there's more. I see like four hands. I think, please, God. <laughs> the world needs more than that. Please, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that the divine encouraging of the Holy Spirit would hit every person that's reaching out to you saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Lord, help me to walk, take steps, show me, show me concrete ways to action in these things in my life. And then I pray for another group here before the, we sing. I pray for those that have a tendency and a weakness and a proclivity and inclination to find a fight. To find a fight. You can sniff it out. It's like a magnet that calls you in. And that God would give you the grace and the humility and the wisdom to let those things go and ask God to give you another kind of grace to show up in another kind of way. The peace of God. That's you. I pray for you in Jesus' name. You're not judged. We're all human. We all come from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of stuff's going on in the bloodstream of our life. Father, we pray today. We want to let those things go. We want to show up in another way like Jesus walking into a funeral. Going into the conflicts and storms of life with a whole different spirit. Where that when it's over they say, who was that? What kind of person was that? And I pray that in Jesus' name. May the grace and the peace and the love of God and the creativity of the creator spirit of Jesus Christ flood your mind and your heart and your soul and move your feet into blessing of this community 
and the circles that God leads you to in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.